and uh, welcome. Today's uh, Dojo Universe, our, our free podcast. We're going to get started today by uh, listening to the SFU Pipe Band, their MSR at the Worlds this year. Um, and then we're going to talk a little bit about their their secret to tone, or possibly one of them. Yeah, which um, which I, th- I think is behind this recording, if I'm not mistaken. I think that's the alleged claim. Yes, um, they are definitely using the product we're going to be speaking about um, in this recording. So we'll take a listen and uh, then chat about it.
Well, that's, then. Um, <laughs> that's really spectacular. Um, that was really good. Yeah, I, just listening back to that, the um, fifth part in the Stress Bay, um, they're, they're, I don't know, I call them papadums, the sea doublings and then the egress oh, mixed yeah. down. They were all together. Definitely. It's just dig it, dig it, and dig it, and dig it, and dig it, dig it, and oh. Yep. It's hot. <laughs> Surprisingly enough, that was a third-place performance in the MSR contest at the Worlds this year. Yeah. They did get a first in, in piping, though, at one point, from one judge, I think. Um, yeah, I don't know. figure. <laughs> I, <laughs> you know? I feel like they got robbed a little bit there. That was, that was really good. Yeah, just um, really solid. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, what, uh, there's been some exciting announcements on the, um, on the Lee and Sons webpage, they've sent us all an email blast. If you're at all uh, on their email list, I think and, they put uh, up uh, announcements on Facebook. And such as well, if you're following, yeah, following their page. Definitely on Facebook as well. And uh, what we're talking about, of course, is the zippered sheep and zippered. Uh, goat skin bags that they just released um, and that the band has been playing uh, it, that the band has been playing now I think pretty much for about half a season um, and we're playing at the Worlds. What I'm not totally sure about is what um, moisture system they were using, if they were. Uh, I'm not yeah. sure. I, I, you know, it, that's and that's the general, uh, you know, uh, claim is that all of them were using that bag and it might be true um, but I'm not sure is you know what's not clear to me is that the bag needs seasoning like of the airtight variety or if it needs seasoning of some other variety no it's the same airtight um, airtight seasoning it's just like a, a normal sheep uh, the only difference is uh, the, the seams are done by a machine much like the L&M process um, they're mm -hmm. uh, they're machine sewn and they're a little thinner they're not as thick and wide uh as the okay. uh, as a traditional sheep uh, and then of course they've got the zipper other than that the the goat and sheepskin are are identical hmm. um to what you could buy would otherwise you want to put your hand inside a sheepskin bag slathered <laughs> with airtight seasoning yeah, I mean, one has to wonder. One must ask the question. Yeah, I sure don't know. That's kind of, <laughs> it's definitely a little, uh, a little <laughs> That's gross. pretty adventurous piper, I guess. Yeah, you know, got to get one of those big uh, uh, rubber gloves to, yeah, to get in there. But well, I mean, you know, I mean, in all in, in all seriousness, I mean, the sheepskin bag is is the default bag for anyone who wants to get that sort of that classic sound, right? And, and yeah. their sound management um, will improve greatly if they use it we all know that um but you know why would you need to get in and most of us have been doing it with a simple water trap or maybe nothing at all and just seasoning um the addition of moisture additional moisture control um particularly with the gooey seasoning on the inside um i don't know might present other problems don't you think yeah it certainly could um i'm reading guest viewer three's thing there that jack did a candid workshop where he's playing cane base with no moisture and then the Highland Drone Read Moisture Control System, those mm -hmm. little yellow right. tube things uh, on the two synthetic tenors. That's very interesting. Um, <clears throat> yeah, <laughs> so, you know, cane yeah, base I, with I, the moisture. And... 
That's kind of strange. Like, I mean, if like we, we, you know, we all sort of assume that the airtight and the sheepskin sort of work together to create a, just a, a balanced environment, right? So we can get yeah. that sound. Um, you know, adding gear in the inside, and that's the complaint anybody who's who's used the gear, right? You just it's just more stuff, you know, to inside the bag that's can go wrong or needs to be managed, and um, and you know, it, I've played pretty much every moisture control system out there at one point or another, and you know, the sheep is the best, right? You can't you can't. I've always had difficulties of some sort with with moisture control systems of of various kinds. Um, yeah, so I have to wonder, like, why would you need to get in there? But, you know. I mean, I think the appeal is that, and I know um, having spoken to Jack a little bit about it at the Infomark uh, workshops, is he's, uh, for a solo setup, he's using the, the sheepskin, of course, for the superior tone, uh, and then using the Highland uh, drone read moisture controllers. And, Siri, you were talking about the Octobuoy. It's very similar to the Octobuoy. It's made by somebody else. Um, the Highland Reed. Uh, anyway, uh, he's using those for his solos, which I can sort of understand in the sense that if it's done properly, uh, the moisture control system can really extend your length of play, um, you know, to the kind of time that, that, mm -hmm. that the top level people need to, to stay totally locked in for, you know, a 15 minute peak right, or something right. like that. Uh, I, I certainly get that, that aspect of things. But you know, I kind of have to, to agree with you, Van, that the, the moisture control systems with the, the rocks in them, anything like that, it can be a huge hassle, and it's another mm -hmm. thing to go wrong. Yeah, yeah, and I, I, you know, I get one of the advantages of getting inside the bag. There's one thing I've, I've always sort of wondered, you know, and, and there's no way to test it, but maybe with this bag there is, is that, you know, when you're playing the sheepskin, you're constantly adding seasoning, right, and you're constantly throwing in more seasoning, and but it's just basically on top of whatever's there. And that, whatever's there kind of gets old <laughs> and cruddy yeah. after a while. So what would be the effect of actually maybe getting inside the bag and maybe cleaning some of that out and before you put in a new, a new treatment of seasoning uh, might bring about some, some interesting aspects to the, to the management of the whole thing, you know. Um, you might just get a cleaner, cleaner effect over time, you know. Um, yeah, I wonder. Get a rag and and, and clean out some yeah. of the crusty bits. That could be, could be potentially good. Um, yeah, I mean, I I have to assume that this bag is very, very similar to a sheep in every other way, in the sense that it's going to kind of mold your body. Mm -hmm. um, it's going to be rather comfortable. Um, we have had one to play with a little bit here. Um, it was an earlier version than the one that's out now. Um, but we have had a little bit of time to play with it a yeah. bit. And, it, and, it's, and it's such a strange thing to actually innovate the bag in some way. You know, there's been a, a bunch of new bags on the market over the last like 10 or 15 years. Um, but we haven't seen any new additions to, to the bag assortment for a long time. Um, so it's kind of interesting. But, you know, I have to imagine that, I mean, back uh, last, was it last fall already? Wow. That, uh, or maybe in the spring, when we learned about... Um, the, the Fellmongers closed. Last Fellmonger in, Europe, in the UK closing down, right. which created a hullabaloo about sheepskin supplies for, for pipe bags, right? Um, which sort of uh, maybe prompted the Lees to sort of see where they could t take, you know, the traditional bag, I guess, in yeah. the event that, you know, those things became harder to get or more expensive or what have you, you know? Um, so I, I would imagine it's right. born out of some 
clear business <laughs> objective rather than any kind of innovation, you know? I don't know. I, I, I don't know if I quite agree with that because I, I know he had been talking about doing the zipper for the solo reason for a long time. Mm. Uh, they're getting their sheep out of Iceland. Um, I, I think they're skipping the whole UK uh, mm -hmm. monger scene. <laughs> um, right, right. So I don't know. But then, then you have to you know, talk about the, the, the uh, goat skin a little bit, which is an interesting thing to bring back to the forefront of the market. Of course, there's been mm -hmm. goat skins for a long time. It's nothing terribly new. Um, but you know, from talking to Jack about this in his, um, the, the series we had with him on developing tone on Dojo U, he spoke a little bit about uh, the, uh, the goat skin versus the sheep skin. And he was saying that you get a very similar uh, tone to a sheepskin and I generally say that you get a similar tone between a, uh, a Ganaway product and, an, and a sheepskin it's similar it's not the same but mm. this would be a step in between in the sense that it's closer to the sheep uh, in right. terms of tonal qualities it right. is a little thicker uh, but as a result it lasts longer and needs a little less seasoning mm -hmm. uh, and it's so, probably more readily available as well. I mean, one yeah. of the problems really with the sheepskin is that the sheepskin is not prepared uh, the way it needs to be prepared for pipe bags for pretty much anything except pipe bags. Okay. Uh, I think, you know, most of the sheepskin that's prepared is done with the fur on for, you know, boots or gloves or blankets or whatever, rugs. You know, there's a, you know, the market for sheepskin itself is, is really about the, the wool, not about the skin. Right. And, uh, and, getting the, the the tanned hide that that we need um really it has no other purpose yeah. <laughs> i don't think and the uh, other thing as is far people as aren't so goat eating skin mutton is, anymore yeah <laughs> exactly so 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 the goat skin is a little more readily available i think because yeah. the goat skin is is actually prepared that way for various purposes you know there's the, the goat leather is used in all kinds of things so um you know, much yeah. like cowhide or something like that, you know, um, you know, the cowhide is easy to get, you know, we're all eating beef and all that kind of stuff. So we're, we're wearing cow leather everywhere. So it's easy yeah. to get it's too bad. It doesn't, you know, create a decent bag because <laughs> <laughs> we'd have no problems at all. You know? Yeah. No kidding. I mean, people used to use, uh, sheepskin for leather gloves, women's leather gloves. Mm -hmm. Um, but that's really not in style anymore. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. you know, it's definitely on its way we'll see. out. I'd you say. certainly don't need a better advertising vehicle than, than the SFU band playing them. No. You know? <laughs> um, I mean, I have to say there is a difference in their sound um, this year. Um, I'm not sure if they were all playing them. I don't think they were all playing them in the concert in May. I think they were still in transition. Um, and I think I had, because Jack had talked a little bit about that at the workshop here in, on the East, you know, in New York right. um, back then. And, and he said, that, you know, just because of the climate changes, from the west coast of Canada to here, they they all kind of had a mix based on their own personal sort of playing setup, you know. Um, but um, but for the worlds, I mean, definitely in the contest since their their sound has been a little bit different than what you remember if you've been following the band. It's a, yeah. you know, it's a deeper, more sort of I don't know, more vibrant sound maybe. Um, I and mean, they've always been on sheep. I really wonder what. Um, I'd love to get a, a look inside the majority of their bags and see what kind of moisture control they're doing. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. You know, I'd, I'd really wonder. 
you know, yeah, whether it's, it's a it's a real tricky thing. You know, I, I mean, sheepskin is, is is nothing if not completely adaptable to every player, right? It just it just finds its place and, e and equalizes for everybody playing it, whether you're a wet blower, you're a dry blower, and, then, and everything in between. Um, you know, for, like in jacket is you know just says it flat out when he talks about these things that he's a dry blower, he's a real dry blower, and uh, so he needs to do certain things to make sure his bagpipe, the moisture is staying in his bagpipe at all times. Um, you know, and, and I'm, I'm the same way. I'm an extremely dry blower, so I always have to be aware of what ch changes I need to address. Um, you know, and with the moisture control systems, it was always a battle, always a battle, like trying to fight um, moisture content versus yeah. it's removable, you know, <laughs> it's removal, you know, so it's it's really kind of a, you know, there was no balance in some of these things, like the rock, the Ross rocks or any of these other things really never struck that equilibrium like a sheepskin does you know yeah it's always kind you of have to wonder, flux you know, like with you have, that in there and in a band if you're not if every player isn't a super duper aware of that from themselves then there's a you you can create problems i think you know i mean I, i'm sure the every guy in sfu is certainly aware of their own uh, boundaries okay. there i'm sure you know but uh, i think it's one of the it's a, it's a key point to keep keep in mind when you're sort of swapping bags and experimenting with different things to really keep uh, tabs on your own your own process you know yeah what bags can respond well Siri brought up here that uh, some makers are experimented with the hybrid bag the Gore-Tex on the inside hide it on the outside yeah, yeah Banatine has that hide synthetic bag and that is essentially um, what you're describing there Siri um, as far as tonal qualities it doesn't come it doesn't come close to a hide bag um, why I'm not sure uh, maybe it's because they're using, um, you know, cowhide, which I'm pretty sure is what they use on the mm -hmm. outside of that, uh, or it might be a synthetic leather. I'm, yeah, leather, I'm not really sure. Strictly for for look and feel, it's not necessarily any functional functional yeah. aspects to that. It's the Gore-Tex doing the uh, the work on the inside, you know. Right, um, and I mean, I, I would guess that the harmonics do change and, and would be better on that bag than on the standard Bantanatine. Uh but it's, it's again, it's not anywhere close. And I think, you know, if an, a maker was to experiment a little more with that, they may find a product that that uh, that would sell well. Mm -hmm. uh, if you could get the longevity of a of a Gore-Tex bag and the sound of a sheepskin, that could be truly revolutionary. Mm -hmm. um, is it possible? Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. That, see, there's there's your there's the the, the path to innovation right there. You got to find that sort of invention that's the best of all worlds, right? In some fashion, whether that's the inclusion of chemical products or uh, manufactured material or what, who knows? But um, I think that's the key. You know, I you know the the the, the hide bag. The hide. I played a, a shepherd bag, which was, I think was the, one of the first ones to come out with like a dual layer. It had a Gore-Tex on the inside and right. the hide leather on the outside and um, but I ended up throwing all kinds of different things on the inside, you know, for moisture purposes. You know, it was yeah. for me. It was just, it, you know, at that time you're just you're considering the bag as simply a reservoir for air, not a, a key component of your sound. You know, um, which uh, you know has its drawbacks as well. But uh, yeah, you know, I, I guess I misread Siri's comment that it's actually the other way around: hide on the inside, Gore-Tex on the outside. Oh, really? There you go. Yeah, um, I don't know who's oh, yeah, doing yeah. that, but uh, that would be quite interesting. One of the potential problems with that, of course, is the leather will decompose. That's part of the process. Why of the would you put skin. the Gore-Tex on the outside? 
keep it airtight. I guess. I mean, oh, so you seal it with the Gore-Tex, but keep the hide on the inside for moisture purposes, I guess, right? Yeah. I mean, what's some sense, I guess. I guess, yeah. What, what sort of? What's the point? Like, you might as well just go for the sheepskin, because it's yeah. gonna have a life, uh, you know, a life yeah. time if if it's gonna be exposed on the inside. Uh, but yeah, that's very yeah. interesting, Siri. I'd love to to hear a little more about that at some point. So, uh, any any questions about the the kind of new products? We are working to get it at the dojo. Um, we're, we're fairly confident we will be. Um, uh, retailers of those two products so uh, they come in interesting sizes it's small jack uh, medium and large <laughs> I kid you not size? jack wow. has his size you um, can do that and I guess it's a <laughs> yes jack uh, it's it's a quarter inch smaller than uh, the standard in the sense that most the bags are measured by the height uh, and then length lengths are all fairly standard not that important it's the height that really uh, affects things and I believe the jack size is um, 10 and a quarter a standard bag from bag is 10 and a half um, so it's just a, a tiny bit smaller there you go it's jack size I've also I've often wanted you know the regular the regular big sheepskin is you know i've always wanted just that extra little you know just a just a just a little bit so everything's just more comp that little bit more compact and closer to well, you know, or something you know then, so then maybe you're a jack size yeah yeah i could be a jack size i wonder <laughs> if you could do it with the reeds too can you send me a jack reed yeah, do that. yeah. <laughs> i think that's really funny of course um I'm, I'm sure that's a bit of a play on the uh, Livingston Small from from uh, Ross, but uh, <laughs> that's uh, quite quite entertaining there. Yeah. And yes, uh, John Stewart saying they will do custom sizes. I'm sure that's no problem for them. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I'm sure there's there's definitely a lot of room. You think about all the all the top bands playing Sheepskin. Uh, you know, there's definitely room for uh, another bag out there that's maybe might be easier to get on this side of the Atlantic. You know. Yeah, um, that will certainly so. be true. I'm not sure about price point. I, to be honest, I didn't look on the website to see if that was up yet. Um, it'll be very interesting to see that. Uh, if it's going to be any less expensive, probably not. Maybe a little more, is my guess. But uh, availability be, will probably be better, mm. um, as well as lead so, time. So. I think that's I think that's a key component too. I think just having, you know, availability of this stuff, you know, wherever you might be, instead of relying on you know one guy in the UK or something, you know, might be a little bit better for everybody, you know. Yeah, um, John Stewart saying it was two ninety nine Canadian plus fifty for the zipper, so that's about three hundred and sixty five dollars because our can you get them without US the zipper too? Is, is terrible. Yes, it appears so. Wow. Same price okay, as the that sheep. Might be interesting. Yeah. Um, it could be very good. We'll see. Uh, we'll keep you apprised of it. Yeah. And like I said, we did have a zippered sheep uh, to play with a couple months ago. It's very good. Enjoyed it a lot. Uh, you know, no complaints. Yeah, it'd be interesting, it it'd be interesting to see how that works. I mean, L L the L&M had experimented with a sheepskin bag once upon a time as well. And, you know, that never took off. And I think. If I'm remembering correctly, it had a lot more to do with just availability of materials at the time, you know. Mm. I mean, they just couldn't make enough bags to keep everybody happy and get 
the materials easily, you know. So we'll, we'll see what happens with that. Yeah, they've had some interesting, some interesting things. They use cowhide, of course, for their, mm -hmm. for their bags. Um, and in in chatting with them, uh, they were having a, an availability problem about six or eight months ago, where they couldn't get, and I quote here, um, cowhide that was that fit their pressure testing standards. So they take cowhide that is yeah. already airtight um, and tested mm -hmm. at a much higher PSI than we ever play. Um, and that's for their Scotian and I believe their new Nova bag, um, uh, Nova Scotian. Uh, but yeah, their Nova bag Snoop. is what used to be their <laughs> regular bag, just the right. L&M standard bag. And, what's um, the, and the, so what's, what's the now difference called the Nova. The, the, What's the Nova difference? Is that just a... Uh, Nova is the new name for the standard. Oh. Um, okay. For that, okay. you know, the traditional L&M bag. It's now called mm -hmm. the Nova because they were having um, problems with people confusing the two. Hmm. Now it's the Nova and Scotian bags. <laughs> it's corny. Yeah, but I'm sure there's many a, many a piper out there who just say, well, why don't you just put a bellows on the thing and forget all this crap? You know, just... <laughs> why you got to yeah. blow so hard and put your wet moist filled breath into your bag that's just silly yeah so there you go it is on the website Siri um, I, I suppose we could take a look but uh, let's see what's going on with uh, uh, you have a, a good topic for us today Finn. yeah I, I, you know in the next couple of days I should there should be a, a post about it up on, uh, on pipehacker.com but um, you know I, I started th I started thinking about the uh, the fall and winter months, you know, they're always rebuilding times, right? You know, it's always the time I, I know I sit and think about the things I want to accomplish, you know, for next next season. And um, it's a lot of time when bands create new repertoire and, um, you know, start throwing things at their, their players. Um, but even for, you know, an individual, you know, it's a time you start thinking about new material, you know, maybe improving yourself and um, sort of really working working to uh, to improve your playing and stuff. So I started thinking about, you know, setting goals, and a lot of talk is, 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 uh, is thrown about about setting goals, right? You know, you can set big goals easily. You know, I want to play a new P-Rock, you know, or I want to learn two new P-Rocks, or I want to learn a new MSR. Um, but those, typically, they're good over, you know, sort of framing goals, you know, but, um, you know, the goals are only, only as good as in, in the fact that they're achievable and measurable, right? So how do you measure learning that new MSR? Well, you can play it, and you've achieved your goal. But if you think about it, you know, think about, oh, I want to learn a new MSR. How many different things can you think about that will be required of you to play that MSR? And start breaking it down into smaller and smaller chunks. Um, I mean, if you, if you distinguish between the long-term and short-term, you know, your MS, learning your new MSR is a bulk goal that can include a lot of different actions. and. Um, even learning, say, a new march. Say, you know, I want a simple goal of learning X, Y, Z march for that MSR. It's, a bro it's still a broad goal that can be broken up. Um, so to start thinking about all the things that might might be required of you. You know, you might need to develop new technique. Um, there might be, you look at the music, there might developing be... Developing new technique is an even larger one. Like, my D-throws exactly. are marginal. That's a right. huge goal to try and, and fix Absolutely. that. So, so how can I how can I break that up? So you break it up into saying, well, like you said, it's like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to need lots of, lots of D throws off of C or something like that, or I'm going to need lots of D throws, um, so I'm going to have to improve the articulation of my, my technique 
that's that's a small goal. That's a and that's a and that could be a short. Now the now the, this trick now is to how do you make it achievable and how do you make it measurable? And you're going to make it achievable because you're going to be setting criteria and deadlines. You're going to okay. you're going to you're going to set say I want to improve my my the articulation of my D throws for this march specifically. So you're going to be working on that, but you're going to give yourself a deadline. You're going to say I'm going to do it. You can spend a week. You can spend a day. You can spend a month. Um, you know, the longer the longer you spend, though, the longer the more it becomes a long-term goal. But it might take that long. Who knows? Uh, everybody's different. Um, and once you do that, then now you have to now it's now it needs to be measurable. How are you going to measure it? So you're going to have to you're going to have to do things like employ tools, like writing down you know your progress or um, writing down the th some of the things that you might need to focus on, or then recording yeah. yourself perhaps. Recording. recording, I think that's recording your D throws from the C that you might gonna, you're, that you're going to need, and then keep them, date them, and then at the end of your at the end of your um, period, go back to them and and then compare a new a new recording after your, the work you've done, and and compare. Now you're going to have to learn how to think critically. You're going to have to critically assess your own playing, um, and you're going to have to really pick out other things that might jump out at you that might you might not now need to work on again or more yeah. of so now you can break that that simple task that small chunk of improving your d throw technique into even smaller chunks say i need you know my 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 bottom hand fingers aren't as strong as they need to be so you're gonna have to maybe work on your d grace notes or something <laughs> you know yeah that's, um, even, that's even smaller we, we've and, talked you know, a lot and, about recordings here on dojo U, and i i think it is you know every time i do it it's such a powerful tool um, to be able to listen to yourself having played something, um, you know, it's such a different experience than analyzing, uh, you know, what you played after you played it, but not mm -hmm. listening to a recording. It's like, well, how did I do? It sounded pretty good. Listen right. to the recording. Ooh, some really yeah, yeah. brutal moments. And that can get pretty loose, right? I mean, you know, and I, I do that a lot as well, and it gets pretty loose. You sort of listen to it, and it's like, oh, you know, I'm not, I'm not, that's, that's, that phrase is off. You know, it's not, it's not, I'm not holding, you know, I'm not landing on the beat at this at the right time there or something and yeah. and it's not defined enough that the real the real key to this you know this practice if you're going to be doing this is is to really define what it is you want to achieve and really think about the details of what you're doing and and how to get there you know bringing it down to the actions that you need in order to br reach a point at the end of a deadline um and to see if you've gotten there you know then now you're measuring now if you haven't achieved it you just extend the time period give yourself right. another two weeks give yourself another week after that all designed to sort of break it down into smaller smaller chunks so at the end of it you can actually critically say yes i have in you know i have improved my dethrow technique you know from compared yeah. to when i first recorded myself at the time, beginning of this process and uh, uh, you know even 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 some you know it could even and we're talking nuts and bolts with technique but it could be anything it could be musical too you could you could want a more lively approach to that march um that so you want to play it with a little bit more um energy or something um say so you're you know, now now you're now you're, you're you're breaking your own sort of musical presentation to find out what's going to achieve that you have to think about that think about the details and what you need to work on in in that set time period um, yeah, Siri's yeah. pointing out there. I swear we 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 don't pay Siri to say this, but she's saying use the <laughs> open dojo sessions for a touchstone in, in presenting progress. Yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. Jump, you know, jump on there. And the beauty of that is, um, you know, if you're playing something for us, you're going to get our feedback, uh, but it's also going to go in the recording, so you can go back and look at that easier. Mm -hmm. But I wanted to to bring up that the deadlines. I think that's something that 
we don't do gener yeah. or we don't associate with with piping or music like deadline but you know that's it's like everybody at work has deadlines for everything and mm -hmm. stuff gets done and uh, it has to. yeah exactly right uh, I think and, and that's there, and, that's kind of profound in in its yeah, simplicity, think, and it's really yeah, and it's really I think what it does is it does focus your efforts, and you're going to say, well, this is what I'm going to work on for these two weeks, you know, I'm going to work on this thing, this small chunk, and at the end of it, I'm going to compare where I was at the beginning of that week, and you know, you know, we all like to learn tunes, we all like to play tunes, and it's always you know fun to just you know practice playing tunes, but you know when you really come down to it, when you really want to improve, you're really going to have to get to the nitty gritty. You know, right. the music, your musical presentation, your technique, even your your bagpipe tone uh, can be a goal, a small goal, right? You can you can easily have um, I want to improve the steadiness of my drone sound as a as a small chunk, and and then work on that, you know. And that might need mean getting new reeds, it might need mean getting a new bagpipe setup, it might mean um, experimenting or something like that. Um, Using a manometer, say for example, or, or or the things that are always going to help you improve that goal, get you toward that goal, and and it's all by hearing. You're gonna you're gonna know whether or not you're approaching it, and so will others. And you can get that feedback from others as well. It might not be you might not be the best judge of your own playing, um, so you might want to get critical feedback from someone you trust. And uh, you know, just uh, two recordings is all you need sometimes to compare um, compare where Progress. you were and where you are. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah, so that's it's a handy technique. I think it's a handy technique. I think uh, you know, I, I I set modest goals for myself um, a lot of the times, but uh, you know, I, I'm always guilty of not defining them, you know, clearly enough for myself. Like you know, so tracking my own progress is sometimes a little trickier, you know, which is all, always seems to be at the heart of why it might lag, you know, in certain areas, you know, because I'm not really mm -hmm. focused on specifically on say some aspect enough you know yeah i think we get caught up in trying to improve our playing and it's this big kind of thing mm -hmm. it's just like yeah, yeah well how do i practice being better it's very mm -hmm. difficult um I, I i have said this to, to students for a long time is you know practice little bits little chunks just as you're saying then is you know something that you can see yourself improve at mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. that is the most uh it's the greatest motivational tool there is, is seeing yourself improve. Uh, and the key to that is, as you say, just small chunks that you can visibly see yourself getting better at. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, you can't practice being better. Um, it's yeah, very exactly. difficult. It's, 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 and it's a, it's a very, a very, um, it's a very ineffective goal to, to say those kinds of things. I mean, one of the key elements of, of goal setting is to be very specific and actionable. Everything has to have an action associated with it. So if you say, I want to be better, well, what actions are you going to put down as part of that goal? If you can't put, you can't narrow down maybe three to five actions that will help you achieve that goal and I'm not, and, and help you achieve it, not just like get you closer to it, right. <laughs> you know, like, you know, but be better could include a lot of things more <laughs> than, more than just three or five. Right. So you're going to have to break it down even more. Um, like I said, like learning that, learning that MSR. You know, I want to learn a new solo MSR. That's a, that's a big goal. There's three tunes in that. You know, there's uh, and so you're going to have to do a lot of work there. And each and one a of lot those of technique. Tunes, each one of those tunes can easily have, uh, you know, goal chunks of goals that will take you a while to to achieve. So, yeah. um, you know, it's 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 really about defining you know what matters to you as a player, um, and as a as a as a piper. You know, um, 
even even no matter what what level you're playing at, I think you, you know you could everybody can sit and stand to think about like what matters to them. You know what excites you about learning the music, you know, or playing the music. Um, it's going to be different for everybody. Um, even if you're 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 a hardcore solo competitor, you're still going to have things about about playing that that matter to you. You know, um, that things that you like that you can work toward. You know, so. Yeah, I'm just trying to think what music we yeah, might want to listen she, she to. Has, has, Go ahead. No, I'm saying series series bought. I don't know what she, what she bought at the, at the dojo. Was it the the player's planner that she bought, or is it the uh, the practice log? I don't know. But these uh, you know, they have weekly goals, and you, you keep it simple and focused. You know, I, um, that was the the, the 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 books that uh the player's planner and the practice log are all based on just right. these little things to focus your thinking. You know, what do I want to work on today? What do I want to work on this week? Um, and but you know. And, and the trick is to stay motivated to do that. You know, that's 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 where you know that's going to be personal. <laughs> you know, you know, oh, I got to feed the dog. Oh, I got to, you know, oh, I got this going on. I got, you know, somebody calls up and you're on the phone for an hour. I don't know. You know, there's all kinds of things to distract you. Um, but I think I think you know, for the, at the end, if you can say, I have achieved my goal, that's a powerful thing to yeah. say. You know, uh, to yourself it's, uh, even. And certainly motivational. You know, that's. Uh... Like I said, mm-hmm. there's nothing better than seeing yourself improve. It's, yeah. it's true. Yeah, I, one, of, one of the disappointing things I always I always feel is like people who say, you know, I want to win uh, a solo contest or something like that, or I want to something like that. You know, that's that's a very very weak goal. <laughs> you know, because it's it's it because it depends on a lot of different things, yeah. and you may never reach that goal, but you may play like you should be winning, and that's a more worthy goal. Right. Uh, you know, um, it's and it's it's really kind of and it doesn't. It's almost sets yourself up for disappointment, right? These kinds of things when you set yourself. Oh, I want to learn five P-Brocks. Why? Why are you going to do that to yourself? You know, you set you set your goals so they're achievable and manageable and measurable for you, so you can actually honestly say I have made progress. Yeah. You know, and it and it all doesn't come in, in giant leaps. It comes in little steps, right? Yeah, playing competitions to win. Um, is not effective and often results in you know, the opposite effect. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, you know, when I go out to play, my sole goal is to play my best and play mm-hmm. really musically. If I win along the way, um, great. And that usually happens when I have achieved both of my goals, which is yeah, the exactly. you know, musical and, and my personal best performance. Uh, you know, I'm not out there to get first place. That's Who cares? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. For me, it's like the whole process of, of competition is I stay at it because I have not achieved my goal, you know. And my goal is really to be out there in a state where I can be confident that I'm playing my best. Right. Right. And and that's that's I, always a moving I, target. It's a long too. time. I, it's a moving target. <laughs> and it's, I've been doing this for years, and it, I have not yet gotten there. So it's that's why I stay at it, you know, because it's, it's just a, it's a matter of, it's a matter of mind. And, and I do things all the time to, to change, you know, my approach to see if I can better, you know, calm my mind and be less nervous and all this other stuff that interferes with playing, you know, when you're on the day of competition, you know. Right. Um, it, it almost, you know, begs the question, I wish there were more competitions locally uh, so that I had more of an opportunity to get mm-hmm. out there and just play no, I hear you, yeah. um, and this is something that I don't know if we talked about this yet on, on Dojo U uh, or the universe rather uh, 
it's something that there is something local afoot here in the Albany area that's working to to develop more uh, solo competitions, um, specifically more professional uh, competitions. There are three, five professional uh, events that that I could drive to if I was a professional player. Mm-hmm. It's it's mind-boggling. Without, a, ma- without look, a major effort, yeah, yeah. Right. Even with a major, yeah. And you go overseas, you know, you go to Scotland, and there's professional well, there's events at a very week. high caliber every yeah. week. You can and get, so, your, get your competition legs easily, yeah. Yeah, I, it's like there's there's this dead area here in the East Coast where it's like, mm-hmm. you know, you, you make the professional grade, uh, and, and I was talking to Donald Lindsay about this a bit, um, one of his students, Ursa Beckford, who was a member of Oren Moore mm-hmm. a couple of years ago, uh, he played something like, uh, I think, 26 or 35 grade one events his last oh, year really? in grade one. It was <laughs> oh, insane. <laughs> and he's played, I think, three since then, three in the professional yeah. grade. Uh, exactly. Like, he's, <laughs> his first time well, playing I've... in the pros uh, was in... Scotland, yeah. Like after the world, did pretty well. Oh yeah, he well. won the the B grade March. Yeah, I think so. And he, and he scored um, in the grade yeah. too, didn't he? Yeah, he did very well over mm-hmm. there. But you know, for for a player like that, there's there's nothing here on the East Coast. Mm-hmm. Um, and and kind of the inspiration here is we, we're looking to develop and foster a kind of um, a similar atmosphere. Uh, as the BC Pipers yeah. Association. It's a nice small association, and they have a bunch of professional events. And it's a very kind of friendly camaraderie thing. You know, people riding the games together. It's, you know, friends that are playing against each other, and it's a lot of fun. Uh, you know, yeah. they're able to do it a lot, and and I think that's key to, to developing a higher level of play. Yeah, these are the things, I mean, you know, in, in a broader sense, I mean, for me, you know, playing the solos i mean these are the things that get in the way of achieving that goal you know like, I, these like these small goals and i know from you know and you said it you know if there was a chance to play more without a major effort of time money <laughs> you know yeah. all the scheduling that takes place to, to navigate traveling to any games you know um i you know i probably would do better toward a, you know getting to that goal where i can be confident where i can be relaxed and it wouldn't be such a such an ordeal <laughs> you know yeah. so my, is it is it a stretch to say that uh, in the meantime when we when you're not in this situation where you you have so many competitions to do these small goals can really mean the difference oh yeah absolutely yeah. i think they do I, I i think they do i think that's for me that's that's where that's what i can focus on i can focus on the things that are in my control i can i can improve my playing i can improve my technique i can improve my sound and my musicality and all of that stuff that that goes into playing pipes you know um, whether that translates, you know, in front of a judge when I get the chance, that's, that's, that's another part, you know, that's a separate part, you know, I almost wish there were other opportunities to perform, uh, other than competition, so you can get that sort of anxiety out of the way, you know, just so you're used to playing in front of people and used to playing, you know, in front of, uh, you know, scrutinizing eyes, you know, in ears, uh, just to, just to sort of feel more comfortable with it, you know, you know, and I, and I think, and I think it, it it's, it's, you know, I'm touching on it, but it's, I think it's a, big, it's a big issue for a lot of people. I think competition is really the only reason we're trying to improve most, for the most part. You know? We want to be better players, but we want to be better players for competition. A lot of yeah. us. 
Um, it's, and, I think it's important to remember, though, that, that if it's competition that's your goal, it's got to be musicality more than that. Mm -hmm. Um, well, yeah, and, know, and I think, I think it's, it's about that. finding that balance. You know, it's about finding the balance. Like, you know, pretty soon you realize if you're trying to be better, being better for its own sake is rewarding <laughs> enough. Um, yeah. And you realize competition just becomes a, a, an added bonus if that. It's just something to do at that point. Something to to really get it out there and play. I, I mean, for me, I wish I wish it was just there was more opportunity just to to play, in you know, stuff for people. <laughs> you know, just at all, and you know, just a little bit. You know, just play in front of people for them, and you know, for you as well. Because um, you know, I, I'm tired of playing MSRs, man. Just <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> such a great know? body of music out there, and yeah. and too often we're we're kind of MSR six eight Jaghorn pipe. You know, I know, I know. You can beat that beat that dead horse until it's till it's you know it's no it's into the ground. You know, like I. I, I there's a lot of marching. They're all great, great tunes. You know, love playing them and stuff. But it's just after a while, you just, uh, you know, you're trying to, you're trying to hone them for something that is really kind of sort of splits apart from maybe where you might want to go with with yeah. the music sometimes. Um, and you know, the two don't don't match up all the time, unfortunately. So. Yeah. Trying to. But I don't know. Anybody, anybody have any experience with their own um, setting goals and. Any tricks or techniques they use to, uh, you know, move themselves forward? Other than what we talked about? <laughs> Go downtown and <laughs> wipe out the pipes. You might be right about that, Siri. That might be a good move. I mean, I just must have to get my busking, busking <laughs> clothes on and get out there, you know? Yeah, that's, uh, yeah. I know a lot of pipers that do that, um, yeah, I, I, you know, it's it, it's not crazy. It's not crazy because I think you know a lot of ways you just need that experience of just playing in front of people. You know, um, you know Rick says he definitely has to have a practice plan instead of haphazardly practicing. It's absolutely right, absolutely right. Yeah, you know, I am guilty um, of the haphazard practice myself. <laughs> absolutely, I mean it's so I have, tempting. I have to think about it. it, it oh, yeah. uh, it's something that I I have started to sort of push myself towards. I need to. Uh, come up with a regular practice schedule because too mm -hmm. often now it's like I have these great goals and even if they're small it's like I don't have the um, I'm not practicing regularly enough to achieve mm -hmm. any of them um, so personally like I need to I need to be able to get in an hour early to work and just play and, and practice mm -hmm. but uh, I need to get that kind of consistency because right, right. uh, this last competition season um, you know, I just I wasn't playing my potential at all, uh, mm -hmm. and and that's, yeah, and that's because of practice. You know, yeah, 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 yeah. And, it, and it, you know, and it's it's definitely boring. You know, I'm not gonna lie and say you know, oh, yeah, hammering your D throws, you know, for you know two weeks straight is not exciting. <laughs> you know? But yeah. it's necessary, and it's you know these things become. I, I mean, I speaking from personal experience, like last last fall, I was like I made it a point of you know focusing on my crumbles because I wanted to play better, better Pebra. So that meant for me um, improving my technique there, um, and it wasn't so much they were—I thought they were crud, but they probably weren't. They didn't, really didn't sound that bad, but they didn't weren't comfortable for me. You know, they weren't—they weren't, they weren't uh, clean, and they weren't—I um, don't know—effortless. You know, yeah. they didn't—they didn't—they didn't come easy, and, uh, and so I had to work on that. I worked on that, and it was boring. It was like I got tired of it after you know after a while you do it, you're like ah screw this you know <laughs> start playing something else you know but but you really have to you have to maintain that discipline you know 
Um, and, and, you know, and, you know I, I got closer. I'm better. They're better now and a yes. lot more effortless than they used to be. For so sure. rarely does yeah. any aspect of your technique get better by not doing work. It does oh, happen. But Absolutely. you can't depend on that. So anyway, I think we're... Uh, what is it? Vince Lombardi. What was a, the Vince Lombardi quote? Is uh, the only place work comes before uh, the only place success comes before work is in the dictionary. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. That's cool. Um, so uh, I think we'll, we can kind of wrap it up there. I'm going to play uh, some hornpipes here. That's from uh, a band that uh, we actually got to hear a little bit of then uh, at the barge in Scotland. Uh, it's a group called Pipe Down. Um, oh, yeah. This is from one of their first CDs, um, something I have listened to quite a lot, quite oh, yeah, enjoy. Um, so we're going to listen to some porn pipes here from them. Uh, if you have any other questions, feel free to chat. We'll kind of hang on. But uh, here's Pipe right. Down. Thanks for listening. Yeah, thanks for tuning in today, guys.
Mike, stop the recording.